Welcome to the Treasury of Solomon, where we go verse by verse for the book of Proverbs to find the wisdom that God has for us. Today's verse is Proverbs 1 and 2. It says, To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Why did the Lord give us the Proverbs? We began to look last time at some of the reasons why God included them in His Word. But here we get a much more specific answer. The Proverbs won't do us any good unless we know why they're there and why we're learning them. So the better we understand the reason for them, the better we'll be able to understand them and apply them in our lives. The first half of the verse said, To know wisdom and instruction. This is the first reason we're given, but there's a lot more to this phrase than what meets the eye. Ellicott's Bible commentary notes that the original meaning of the Hebrew word used here for wisdom is firmness, solidity. These aren't words that we normally associate with wisdom, but nevertheless, that's where the meaning is derived from, which changes the way that we look at it. This isn't to say that wisdom isn't a deeper form of knowledge, a deeper form of understanding, or the way that we apply the knowledge that we learn. Those things are true, and they don't change. But what we see is the reason why we have wisdom, and what we see is the fruits of wisdom, will change. God, as the God who is wisdom personified, is the greatest source of wisdom. If we want wisdom, we find it in Him and in His Word. Proverbs communicates wisdom to us, if we're willing to receive it. The first purpose is solidity. In the famous parable which Jesus taught, the man who built his house upon the sand lost his house. It was blown down when the winds came against it. It was washed away when the storms and the floods came. But the man who built his house upon the rock, that man's house was able to stand against the wind and rains. It wasn't destroyed. It survived. The difference between the two houses was the foundation. One was solid. One wasn't. Wisdom is solid. When we build our knowledge and our understanding, our knowledge of life and our understanding of the world around us on the foundation of wisdom, the foundation will be solid and we won't be constantly in a mental upheaval trying to figure out what's true and what's false, what's right and what's wrong. We'll know because we have a solid, complete foundation. This means that we base our understanding on the Word of God, that we use it as our mental, intellectual, moral, and ethical compass, that we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through the Scripture, as well as through our conscience and intuition. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Wisdom starts with being with God. That's what makes it solid. That's what makes it lasting and durable. The closer we get to God, the more solid and stronger the foundation becomes. The more we know and apply the Proverbs, the more solid it gets. That's one purpose for the Proverbs. The other original meaning was firmness. Firmness relates to something that doesn't bend. It's not flexible. A wise man once said, Wisdom is the knowledge of things that don't change. That's firmness, the inability, and more importantly, the refusal to bend. That's incredibly important when living in a fallen world. It's the enemy's age-old device to call evil good and good evil and reinterpret truth and facts to try to fit this new perception. But wisdom sees these lies for what they are, and it's wisdom that exposes these as lies. Wisdom never changes. It's immutable. It's eternally unchangeable, just like God is, because really it's an attribute and an extension of God. The house that was built on the sand not only wasn't built on something solid, it also wasn't firm. Otherwise, it would have been able to withstand the wind, but it didn't. This is how we avoid what Paul warned us about in Ephesians. Ephesians 4 and 14 says, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. 
Wisdom doesn't get blown over and blown away, which is why we need the Proverbs. We need the wisdom that's going to keep us grounded and secure, immovable in this life. Like with solidity, the closer we get to God, the more we understand the biblical principles that compose wisdom, and the more firm we become in our faith and knowledge. Thomas Jefferson once said, In matters of style, go with the current, but in matters of principle, stand firm as a rock. Wisdom gives you that ability, which is why we study the Proverbs. The next component of this is instruction. This word in the Hebrew means discipline, chastening, correction. So many people don't want this today. Our entire culture is opposed to all of these. Discipline is something that requires dedication and commitment. Chastening requires an open-minded and willing heart, a heart that wants better for itself and isn't afraid to do what needs to be done to become better. And correction implies heeding the warnings and lessons of those who are wiser and more experienced than we are. Chastening is looked down upon because it's an uncomfortable experience, but our comfort level shouldn't be the barometer by which we measure necessity or usefulness. Chastening and correction are incredibly beneficial to us. They become like the guardrails on the highway. They provide necessary checks and balances for us so that our life and our emotions and our way of thinking don't become out of hand and go off the rails. The Proverbs are full of chastening and correction if we're only willing to receive it and apply it. No one else is going to hold us to their application. We have to do it ourselves, which is where discipline comes in. If we're not disciplined, it won't work, because then we may do the right thing for a little bit of time, but then before long, we'll slip right back into doing what we were before. We have to be committed. The Proverbs teach us discipline. They teach us how we can do better and be better, and that's how it instructs us. In this way, we gain understanding, and it says in the second half of the verse, to perceive the words of understanding. A lot of people may speak to you or try to teach you, and you may think that just because they're doing this, that they're instructing you in the ways of wisdom and understanding. But that's not always the case. We have to use our discernment. Our discernment is there to guard us from being misled by outright lies, partial truths, and distortions of truth, all of which are equally dangerous. Discernment helps you to see things as they really are. It brings clarity. It brings depth and breadth of understanding. Many words are words of understanding, but we have to know that and be sure of it before we allow these words to dictate how we conduct ourselves in life. Proverbs teaches us how to get this discernment, what it looks like, and what constitutes words of understanding and what doesn't. These are all reasons that we add the Proverbs. They're a storehouse of wisdom that God put there just for us. It's time that we take their lessons and apply them in our life so that we can use them for all their worth. Let's close in prayer. Lord, today we come before you to ask for the gift of wisdom. And Lord, we thank you that you've recorded your wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Lord, as we read, we ask that you illuminate our minds and that you open up our hearts to be receptive to the wisdom that you're trying to communicate to us. Lord, we thank you for your instruction. Lord, we thank you that you teach us discernment, that you teach us discipline, that you chastise and correct us when we're wrong, and that you lead us back to the path that we should be on. Lord, we thank you that you never leave and never forsake us, and that even as we're pursuing wisdom, even as we're pursuing more of you, that you're always there to help us along the way. Lord, we want to learn all that we can learn, and we want to go as deep with you as we can possibly go. Lord, we thank you that the wisdom that you've put within us is going to go on and bear fruit of its own that will bring glory and honor to your name. And Lord, today we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. The wisest thing we can ever do is give our lives to Christ and be born again. If you want to have Jesus as a part of your life today, 
All you need to do is invite him into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. Trust him that you're forgiven and choose to live for him who died for you. We'll see you next time as we continue to explore the treasury of Solomon and study the King's Word together.